COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Dang it! He jumped on the PATH train to New Jersey! Of course! He's commuting back to his native habitat! Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for subscribing, for giving the show five stars, for telling a friend. We appreciate that. And by we, I mean Jack DeFranco, who's also on the line with me. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jack. I'm back. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back again. Yeah, and many more times in the future as we're getting into this uh, yeah. this regular routine of me hosting and Jack co-hosting. So that's going to be fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, so am I. In fact, we're enjoying it so much that we're going to do it less. <laughs> if you didn't <laughs> hear on Friday's show at the end, yes, the show's going to go back to Mondays only, but the show's probably going to be an hour or so anyway. So yeah, that's how it's going to be, which is fine because we have plenty of stuff to talk about, which we talked a bit about streaming and uh, the fun of catching up on things and what we're up to recently. And listen, we're all self-quarantined, basically. I mean, maybe some states are opening up at this point, but uh, let's hope even if they are, you're trying to stay home as much as possible. But a yes. lot of people are spending a lot of couch time or even bedtime just glued to the TV, watching TV shows, watching whatever movies, your bedtime might be, because I know for my for myself, it's all over the place. Yeah. Oh, same <laughs> thing here, dude. We are so off of we, we have yeah. no regular schedule. It's definitely very, very weird. And it's something I'm like, I swore I'm not going to do it when it, and it's, it's inevitable. Like just life is just weird at this time. Yeah. So yeah, we, we were disciplined for the first two weeks and then we just kind of fell off after realizing, oh, this is going to go on open-endedly and uh, not that we're in a stupor, but we're definitely yeah. off our game and there will be a point where we'll get tired of this and we will get on more of a routine, but we're still in that. And uh, I guess, I guess you can call it a slump or a plateau, but yeah, eh, we'll be okay. But I've been utilizing yeah. the time. By indulging in some nostalgia, which hasn't really panned out. Uh, there are a bunch of movies that I've noticed that are on different streaming platforms or are also on demand because where we live, cable's included. So we have all the premium channels and all the movies on there are available on demand. So I noticed there were a bunch of movies I haven't seen since the 90s. Movies I ordered off pay-per-view and recorded on VHS <laughs> back when that was a thing. Glory days of pay-per-view. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Well, that's the funny thing. When people talk about renting movies and, and digitally, I'm thinking, well, it was three ninety nine, you know, to rent a movie at Blockbuster anyway. So it's three ninety nine to rent it. And you don't need to leave your house. That that inflation has been was high end for my family. I'm not saying I came from a poor family, but like <laughs> the local video store usually had like a two dollar rental all the time and Blockbuster was like four dollars and I was like Oh my god, like Blockbuster is like such a luxury for everybody. <laughs> well, Blockbuster was also I think 3 days and we used to rent videos when we started renting movies, we would just rent them at ShopRite and it was I think 2 bucks 
for one night, yeah. which is fine. Because if you're renting a movie, you're probably going to watch it that night anyway. I don't think you're going to rent a movie and then say, we'll get to this tomorrow. <laughs> I used to watch them uh, at night. Like I remember when I was a kid, like I'd watch it. My parents would rent a movie for me either Friday night or Saturday, and I'd watch it either the Friday or Saturday night, and then I'd watch the movie again either Saturday or Sunday morning whenever the movie had to go back. Yeah. So I got a double. I got the, the most out of that rent, that two dollars. Uh, <laughs> or you know, I used to do that. Blockbuster, watch it three times instead. If, so. Yeah, yeah. If we had it from Blockbuster, I'd probably watch it the day we got it. If we rented it on Monday and it had to go back Wednesday, I'd probably watch again Wednesday before it went back. So I, I definitely watched most things at least two times. But yeah. since I was a teenager, I thought, well, maybe my taste was pretty spot on because I was coming into my own, having my own personality and opinions. So I thought these 90s movies, I wonder if they hold up. I haven't seen them in a while. Maybe I bought them on DVD, but they might be, you know, kind of like we talked about in the last episode, something I bought and then never actually watched because I'd already seen it. But it's, oh, I like that movie, so I'll buy it on DVD. So I said, you know what? Yeah, let me let me watch some stuff I haven't seen since the 90s. I wonder how it held up compared to when I was a teenager. Not strictly for that reason, but because I really did want to watch it again. I said, I, there are a bunch of movies that I haven't seen in ages that I thought, you know what? This is probably worth another watch. And boy, was I wrong. So there were six movies I watched and five of them didn't pan out. And one of them I actually liked better than how much I liked it at the time. All and, right. Uh, we're, we're just going to go through them one by one. Uh, oh, number boy. one, Striking Distance. Bruce Willis is John McClane, who's basically a uh, cop on a boat. And he's teamed up with Sarah Jessica Parker. And... That's a recipe. For, I, I've heard of the movie. I've never seen it, but it just looks like a recipe for disaster. I liked it as a kid because it's Bruce Willis shooting a gun. I was like Ryan. I was just, oh, Bruce Willis is shooting a gun. He's a cop. It's great. It's not great. It, it's I'm really sure not God. great. <laughs> Typically, things, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like, oh, you know, I've never watched Sex in the City, but typically things with Sarah Jessica Parker aren't. So that's except my flight opinion. of the navigator. That's the only thing I could point to to say, ah, that was a good movie. But that was also 35 years ago or something. So yeah, I, I, I know there's there's a lot of like 80s fans groups that I follow on Instagram and stuff that like lament over that. I'm like, you know, you were six when you saw that. That looks like crap now. I've never seen that, but like I can't imagine that's good. So <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. I wonder if that's on Disney Plus. Uh, that's one I have on DVD. But uh, I it, is. It. it is. We were we were breezing through on Disney Plus to look for some stuff, and that's on there. And I was like, yep, still not going to watch it. So <laughs> that might be. <laughs> the kid looks like he's on a toilet with a bunch of Muppets in the in the poster. I'm like, that doesn't look like fun <laughs> how dare what you Surge or whatever i follow on instagram says they were kids when that came out oh so well here's when you definitely saw jack judge dread <laughs> <laughs> i saw judge dread for the first time with Corey and ryan when i lived with them i oh, didn't really? see it as a kid oh yeah, man we saw it before we saw the 2012 reboot oh, and um, okay which is completely yeah, different and, movie and the whole night ryan and Corey and i were like, ugh, ugh, ugh. we were doing that all night so Boy, was it cheesy. Yeah, so you were never a fan of it initially. No, so and, was... and that's the thing. It would have probably been 10 or 11-year-old Jack would have loved it had his parents let him order it off a of pay-per-view, but they didn't because, like everything in the 90s that had guns in it, except for striking distance, there were toys. Yeah. So as visually, it's like, ooh, that looks like fun. I'd like to see that. If it had a toy line, it was like it registered in my brain of like, I need to see that because I might need the toys for it. Well, so that, that was it in the 90s. R-rated movies had toys. Re- I mean, D- Demolition Man, Terminator 2. There were so many R-rated movies that had action figures 
Oh my god! Because that Every, was okay everything. when we were growing up. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Predator, aliens. Um, even though, like, a lot of them, like, oh my god, there's. I, I want to actually like write a book or something. That's what I might do. I might like write a book of all these old like eighties, like or nineties toy lines that came out based on R rated movies. I could probably have a bestseller. Well, now so, you have the time. So yeah. This may yeah. be your chance. No, I did. I liked it as a kid. I thought, ah, oh, Rob Schneider is funny sidekick. You know, he's fairly freshly off SNL. And it was Stallone, even though he's not really Judge Dredd for the whole movie because he doesn't wear the goddamn helmet. And you can see his yeah. face the whole time, which I get it. It's a Stallone movie. People want to see Stallone yeah. in the movie. Fine. That's that's who you're hiring. You're hiring the star. And a big part of that star is the face. But man, really cheesy. Really is a kid's movie. I mean, I know it's rated R. Is it rated R also? It is. It's not supposed. I mean, it shouldn't be. I don't think the violence is anything so excessive that it should have been rated R. I mean, it would have been better if it was PG 13. (laughs) I got it. Probably. And they probably would have been a bigger hit because more people could see it. But it was, it still would have been a cheesy movie that was very much 90 sci fi movies do still feel very 90s, even though they're trying to be sci fi. I mean, I haven't watched the Matrix trilogy. In, uh, I think it was February or maybe it was the beginning of the March. It may have been just before all this happened. The first one of those holds up really well. Two and, uh, two and three don't. I mean, two and three weren't that great to begin with. I, I never saw three in the first place because oh, I, I, awful. I, three I derailed it. everything for me in that. Well, the, like, se- the second one did too. I mean, I saw the second one opening night with friends who were big fans of the first one and man, were they disappointed and I was just bored. I mean, I will admit the, the little sword fight thing on the staircase. That's fun. And the chase on the freeway is fun. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, but, but the rest of Otherwise, like... it's just convoluted. And the whole mystique and the whole world of the Matrix, I feel like, was completely... Now it just became yeah. a, this grungy sci-fi movie. But frankly, the first Matrix, while it's good, I, I, it still feels very, very 90s. And a lot of that has to do with computer technology and yeah. what was what was cool in 99, but not so much now. It definitely shows its age, I think, from a technological standpoint. Um, I haven't and, watched that here, so I mean, like, I I think the first one is still a good action movie, but it's, um, I mean, like that, like I said, the franchise lost its luster for me after that third one, but I should probably give that a rewatch because I'm not, um, I'm not gonna. Like, lie. I love Keanu, and you know, I mean, 1999 was such a big year for like special effects and this and that, so I mean, I'm sure it might be a little dated, but I might give that a rewatch soon. What actually so. really inspired me to rewatch that was there was a great book that y- you and I spoke about, and I know I listened to the audiobook. I don't remember if you bought it or got oh, to no, it. Oh, no, I didn't. It's, uh, no, 19- I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 1999, best movie year ever, which I recommend if uh, you want to get the regular book. Of course, you can click through the Amazon batter at the support the show link at com, or get the free audiobook if you go to audibletrial.com slash cape. Sign up, get a free audiobook and free 30 day trial. Here's a little plug. Uh, there wasn't yeah. a point of me bringing it up, but while we're on the subject, hey, why not? Yeah. But, uh, they do talk about these movies that have a place in pop culture even today that were from 1999 and talking about the Matrix and all the different things I, I didn't know about it. I knew that they wanted Will Smith and he turned it down. I didn't know that they offered to change Neo's gender to female and offered it to Sandra Bullock and she turned it down. So, oh wow! I know there there were a lot of things. There were a lot of people who were offered it before Keanu Reeves, and I'm saying it. I love Keanu Reeves. Like the mega stars of that time, Will Smith and Sandra Bullock were huge. Oh yeah, and Keanu not so much because one of my. You know what's a better? And 
for the wrong reasons. I'm going to say it's a better movie than The Matrix, but Johnny Mnemonic. There's a great, <laughs> terrible 90s sci-fi movie. I've never seen it, but I remember the pay-per-view commercials for we it. We so. are going to watch it. That was a movie we were supposed to watch, had everything panned out, because you and Ryan were going to come spend the weekend. And I was yeah. going to suggest we watch it, because, I mean... Dolph Lundgren's in it. It's it's amazing. It, it's oh. it's not though. It's it's a terrible movie. I would love to do a bad sure sci-fi is. double feature with that and Battlefield Earth. Uh, I, I, I know, I mean, but there's other movies. Like, we don't have to do Battlefield <laughs> Earth. Like, there, you know, listen, I I you know, just as a terrible no. sci-fi movie double feature, I think it's just a lot of fun. No, listen, Johnny Mnemonic is isn't unwatchable at least to me. But considering if that had been Keanu Reeves' last like mainstream movie, because that movie was a flop. Good thing Matrix came along because it, 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 in no small part, his dedication to the athleticism that was required for that movie, no doubt helped him when it came to something like John Wick. And I'm still curious about the fourth Matrix and how it's even going to happen. So for what it's worth, even though I only enjoyed one out of three movies, I'm still curious for the fourth one, which is supposed yeah, to come out it, next year. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, who knows? I mean, at this point, the last one came out in 2003. So I don't know what they could do because, I mean, spoiler alert, I mean, Carrie M. Moss and Keanu and Reeves' characters die, die. And that's exactly what the photo is, the set photo that's out, is her driving a motorcycle and him on the back, looking like John Wick. So it does make you wonder... I, I hope at this point it's like they don't Terminator it, where it's like Dark Fate was like Terminator 3, take 4. Where it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it is! That's what these... Every se- they should make a Terminator sequel, not to get off topic, but they should make a Terminator sequel. The next one should be, someone goes back in time to stop the writers from making another Terminator movie, after 2. That's what should happen. I think there we need like, to make that movie. There should be a board meeting in like 1994 where like we got to keep Terminator going, and like Arnold busts in and just kills that guy. It's like never again. And they're all like, <laughs> "Fuck it, we're done." It's a five minute movie, but you know, I I think it could win best short at the Oscars if you think about it. That's true. The production value and it'll be shot beautifully, and yeah. that would be really really good. Yeah, just that, like and, stop. And it's a shame the title Terminator Salvation was already used because that would be the perfect one. <laughs> Our salvation from Terminator sequels. Yeah. Which I, I didn't I didn't hate the sequels as much as any as much as everybody else did. I, I mean no, we everyone is another take on the third one. No, this is the real third one. No, but this is the real third one. No, it's not. There's yeah. no fucking third one. Stop it. There's yeah, four I, third ones. <laughs> there is. <laughs> I, I like what you've done. You made four of them. I like three and salvation and Genesis to varying degrees, but I just I hated Dark Fate. There was nothing about it. Oh, I, Dark Fate is just like that I enjoyed. But we don't we don't need to get into that. Yeah, Judge Dredd no, no, no. not not a good movie. Uh definitely doesn't hold up. It should have been a kid's movie and end up being rated R for whatever reason. And, and it should have actually, you know, that came out in nineteen ninety five. That would have probably been like PG thirteen, nineteen ninety five, like Batman Forever would have made more money. That was in then, like schlocky comic book movies in 1995. That could have fit perfectly for a PG-13 rating. So It, it should have. It, it could yeah. have. And I don't know why it didn't. I really, I mean, there was a lot probably more brutal a, stuff. The same writer trying to write the term, third Terminator movie made that suggestion. It's got to be an R rating. Again. I mean, with, with everything, I, I do some reading after I watch it, just because I'm curious how everything went. Like the stuff on, I caught uh, Demolition Man by, while scrolling, you know, just flipping channels. I'm scrolling I like I'm still man. streaming. Oh, I love it. I-, I love that movie too. But the stuff that was shot and edited out is fascinating. There's all these other scenes that would have been in the movie. It would have been more brutal, but I, I-, I want to see these scenes. I want somebody to find these scenes and do a special edition. Shout Factory, if you're listening, yes. <laughs> get get a license and do the souped up 4K restoration special edition of Demolition Man we deserve. Please. Um, because th- there was a lot that was shot for that movie. But yeah, Judge Dredd, apparently there's a lot more 
brutality that they cut out because they didn't want an R rating and they got it anyway. And I mean, not to say the violence would have made it a better movie, but that was one that I, I, I ordered off pay-per-view as a kid and I liked it and I bought the DVD. Funnily enough, I think it was in a two pack with Metro, the Eddie Murphy movie, which is another oh. one that I watched <laughs> that was on this list. I which, caught that on TBS years ago. Like, what the fuck movie is this? This isn't Beverly Hills Cop. No, like, it's, it's San Francisco Cop. But it, it was also in that in that time when Eddie Murphy was trying to do more serious action movies, not be as comedic. I mean, Vampire in Brooklyn kind of falls into that realm, yeah, too, because it wasn't I mean, it has its its comedic moments, but it's not a funny it's not a straight up comedy like, you know, Eddie Murphy. From no, the Metro. I, I remember that on, cause I'm, I'm using pay-per-view commercials as a reference from back then. Like that was the commercial was like Dark Vampire in Brooklyn. I remember that like. That's not funny, Eddie Murphy. Like, <laughs> I mean, even the, the title suggests it's going to be funnier than it is, but yeah. I, I still like it as a cool kind of Wes Craven movie. A little bit of a, a send up of vampire Wes movies. Made that? Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Oh, dude. You, now you got to watch Vampire Book. Oh, now I got to do it. Yeah. It's, oh, it's on some of, streaming service right now. Let me go back to Metro for a second because there's something else in common that I watched recently for the first time. All right. In like 28 years. For some reason, I've been watching like a lot of like doc old. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube about movies, and like there's this one channel that does like ten things you didn't know about this old movies from the '90s and stuff like that. So one of them I watched was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I went and watched it on Netflix. And I hated that movie as a kid because the witch in the movie creeped me the creeped the shit out of me. I hated that. I watched it now, and I actually really do like that movie a lot better. So I know if Ryan, if you're listening, you know I'm sure you're <laughs> yes and cheering, but. There's this one actor who's in that, and I remember seeing the movie Metro for a little bit. And there's one actor who plays the bad guy in that. I don't know if you remember, like, what is that actor's name? I thought for the longest time it was Guy Pierce, but he looks like Guy Pierce, and I can't remember. <laughs> wow, you're, you're kind of right. I mean, we can like, look it up right now. Who the fuck is that guy? He's the bad guy in every movie, and he, like, I never know his name. He was Alan Rickman's cousin or something in Prince of Thieves. And, like, that's the guy who plays the bad guy in every movie. So, like, who is he? You know what's funny? Actually, speaking of Prince of Thieves, I was thinking about watching that because that's on Netflix right now. And I said, you know what? I enjoyed the shit out of that when I watched that. I was like, this is good. Oh, well, I do want to rewatch it because as a kid, I didn't like it basically because Kevin Costner can't be bothered to do a British accent. <laughs> that's where I just, that's really where it fell apart. I'm thinking, seriously, every, even Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater are, are, you know, giving it a noble shot, but. You for and some that's reason. another one of those movies that was like, oh, I'm six years old. There's a Robin Hood movie, and I want action figures to it. Oh, we'll rent the movie for Jack, and I'm terrified because <laughs> of what I saw. Like That movie should have maybe been an R, because that was pretty damn dark. There's a lot of stuff he like. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of gore. A lot of people getting impaled, lit on fire. Alan Rickman's awesome in the movie. Like, There's almost a rape in it. Oh, it's a like, everything. I mean, he's like, awesome. How the hell did this? You made toys to this? Like, you know, what the <laughs> hell? The, the actor I mean, you're PC police, but like clearly that movie wasn't for me. The actor you're referring to is a Michael Wincott. Yeah, he's been in a bunch okay. of stuff, including yeah. those two movies. So yes, you're right. I gotta he, write his name down because I see him in stuff all the time, and I just he's the bad guy and everything, and I never remember. Yeah, Metro was a was a big disappointment. I mean, I always like Michael Rappaport too. I thought he was funny in particularly his comedies, and he's great in Atypical on Netflix. If people have watched that, that's definitely one you should catch up on and binge while uh, we're in this quarantine but it's not a great movie it's you know what it is it's not even that it's a bad movie it's just everything's as predictable it plays exactly how you'd expect it's just a very cookie cutter action movie 
that unfortunately Eddie Murphy's in where he plays the same type of cop, you know, wise ass cop character who isn't going to listen to his boss and is going to go after the bad guy no matter what. And of course, at a point, it gets personal. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like just they saw bad cutter. boys and they're like, we can make a movie like that for Eddie Murphy. It was like, well, he's done, he's done movies like that. It's called Beverly Hills Cop. No, yeah. no, no. Well, <laughs> did you learn nothing from Beverly Hills Cop three? Oh, <laughs> uh, that one. I've only seen that once. That's how much I dislike that movie. I've so. seen it a couple of times, but that was another one. It's just not. It's not a Beverly Hills Cop movie. I mean, it's got the name, but yeah, it's just not. And the, and the bad guy, which I found out later, was the guy who was Dana Barrett's. Uh, yeah, the, the snooty, <laughs> the snooty, snooty musician, like, cello player, or whatever the hell he was. Yeah, I remember seeing that, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! That's the guy from Ghostbusters who's in there for two minutes, not even who puts the nose spray in his nose. That's your <laughs> bad guy. That's the bad guy. That's the guy holy who runs shit. the theme park. I mean, good for him. He got a break, but my god, like that's not you know. Yeah, is he just gonna keep playing the asshole? But uh, yeah. I'll tell you, a movie I was way excited for as a kid and enjoyed it as a kid. But now, as I found it to actually be really stupid and a lot of it pointless, Money Train. I loved White Men Can't Jump. My dad and I went and saw it in the theater because I was as a 10 year old. That's what I, it was either that or my cousin Vinny and White Men Can't Jump won. Fortunately, they were both great movies. And I still think White Men Can't Jump holds up. That's a lot of fun. I've never seen White Men Can't Jump. Oh, I've you never. son of a bitch. It's a great movie. It, it is a lot of fun. I mean, again, I want to see it. I love Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, so... But, see, you can completely skip Money Train because it is really stupid. Woody Harrelson's character just makes dumb decision after dumb decision, and Wesley Snipes has to bail him out, and you don't feel sorry for him. You can see one of Jennifer Lopez's nipples during a sex scene. I mean, if that's your thing, then okay, but that's not reason enough to sit through the rest of the movie. Although, it is always funny to go back and watch movies and see... Who you didn't know at the time, who has become somebody who's instantly recognizable to you. Because oh, I love that. one of the bad guys in the movie is Chris Cooper, who's been in a hundred movies since. And <laughs> even though he kind of started at the beginning of the movie, he's the bad guy. I mean, spoiler alert for a movie that's in 25 years old at this point. But uh, yeah. yeah, he dies like midway through the movie after a chase with them. And that's really not what the movie's about. That has nothing to do with where the movie eventually goes. It's just... There's a villain that's advertised in the trailer, and it's him, but he's foiled rather quickly, basically the second time you see him, which is probably halfway into the movie. But oh, I remember wow, thinking yeah. of the kids, like, oh, it's Woody and Wesley, and they're being funny, and they're doing what they do. The oh, it's going to be great. Awesome. It's like the two of them out running a train. I'm like, that looks like fun. I want to see that one day. It just never never happened. Like, Not fun. Very not fun. No. I remember I think I rented Congo instead on, on pay-per-view instead of Money Train. I remember I, re- I, remember I rented Congo is in this. I, I want to see Mortal it. Mortal Kombat and on pay-per-view back in the day. So And Mortal Kombat? Is that what you said? You were cutting and out. And Mortal Kombat. I loved that movie uh, when I was a kid. I guarantee you if I watch it now, I'll hate it. But uh, I love that movie. That and Street Fighter. I love those movies when I was like nine years old. But see, I, I had no sense of like – it was. Uh, I also liked Power Rangers when I was nine. So let's – you know. Kicking and punching was my thing. So like, well, you, like you said, with Bruce Willis shooting a gun, like, ooh, people kicking and punching and like, you know, colors. That's that my was, thing. At that age, that's exactly what you're supposed to be into. So it does make sense. Yeah. Totally, totally. makes sense. And Congo, I thought, oh, that should be like Jurassic Park almost because I, I recognize the name Michael Crichton who wrote it. And like, oh, that should be fun. Not fun. I, I don't I can't tell you a thing that happened in Congo. <laughs> Not fun. Not fun. I saw that eventually on HBO and just was. I, I don't remember almost anything about it. I remember Ernie Hudson's in it. I think Bruce Campbell's in it briefly, and that's kind of it. Tim Curry's I in really that, remember. I think, too. 
I think you're right. I yeah. Think, yeah. I do think he's in that, which, you know, the cast is one thing. I mean, everybody shows up with the intentions of making the best movie possible, but mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't always pan out. And it's funny watching something like Money Train. You think, oh, they must have had a great time together making this movie, even though the movie turns out to be pretty stupid. But, you know, yeah. as a kid, it's all I was asking for. I want to see Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes again. And I got it, but it's not something I, I really wanted to revisit. And, uh, the, and th- by the way, these are all movies. I don't, I think Striking Distance I might have caught on like HBO, but otherwise Judge Dredd and Money Train and Me- no Metro. I didn't, I, I don't think I got that on pay per view. I think I may have rented that, but definitely Judge Dredd and Money Train. And, uh, uh, another one I ordered off pay per view because I said, this is going to be hilarious and also being a horny teenager. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, at the time, I didn't even like it. Uh, Sherry and I were, were scrolling through options uh, of what was on demand through, uh, you know, the premium channels on cable. Yeah. And one night we said, oh, let's watch Booty Call. I'll bet it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I again, ordered it off pay-per-view. I recorded it just like I did with everything. I used to tape every movie I ordered off pay-per-view. And she saw it as a kid. Now, mind you, she's a couple years younger than me. Yeah. She's uh, six years younger than me. So she in 97, she would have been 10. So, yeah, for her. And she has older siblings. So it probably would have been the funniest movie she saw as a oh, tender, I'm or, sure. or like the naughtiest movie. But for a movie like Booty Call, the fact that you don't see any tits. Booty? Well, no, that's the funny part. The only booty you see is Tommy Davidson's. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I didn't want to see it. It's a really it's a really silly movie. It's got a lot of dated cultural stereotype references that really don't hold up well. And uh, I, I just thought it was really juvenile, but it, I didn't even really like it when I was 16. And it's also, it's really short. It's like 77 minutes, but it feels like an hour and 45. That's tough to do <laughs> for a movie that's really short. I mean, with credits, oh. it's like an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. And There's a lot of those. Like, I think as kids, like, we can revisit the 90s a lot and romanticize. Like, as a kid, I was so excited for Waterworld. I just thought it looked like the coolest fucking movie ever, and I couldn't wait to rent the tape, and I did, and I was like, I saw it. Like, it was, I, I thought it was going to be like the most epic movie of all time when I was 10, and it just was not. <laughs> so, but it didn't register with me, like, how do people think it's bad? It's just like, yeah, it was just kind of, like, it was like, oh, I saw it, and I didn't lament after it, but I didn't, like, say that movie sucked. I'm not like I was now, but it was like, time has a way of like wow that wasn't good <laughs> yeah so well certain movies don't stand the test of time i mean that's always the the thing when people get worked up about the oscars that's really what i don't get and that was one of the things frankly one of the topics you and i were going to talk about how we started doing the show earlier in yeah. the year as we planned we were going to talk a bit about the oscars but man i wish that shit got canceled like of all the things this year <laughs> that were terrible, but we could have fucking let the oscars go down that was horrible it was the first oscar ceremony i've watched in i can't tell you how many years and i'm not saying that to be cool i just generally don't watch award shows i just don't find that to be entertaining i've tuned in to see like the year birdman was up for best picture i guess that would have been 2014 yeah i think i tuned into that oscars to see if it won and i don't think i've really i, I always read the recap especially with twitter i'm just seeing nominees in real time anyway you know like empire magazine in the uk which is the best film magazine out there they yes. will live tweet the oscars and all the major categories but my girlfriend loves the the pageantry of the oscars and is a big hollywood especially you know golden age of hollywood early and mid 20th century Loves all that stuff. So she does love the prestige yeah. of the Oscars. And yeah, everything. we've been watching a lot of that. I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Noel and I have been watching a lot of older movies and stuff. But uh, 
I mean, I get it because there's. I like. I'm a movie fan, so I like to watch the Oscars. I want to support movies and actors and certain things. But every year, it just gets worse and worse. There's some sort of like, if somebody doesn't get nominated, it's a it's a crime against you know this, and it, it's so overblown over an award show that is best described by my mom that you're just getting awards for pretending to be people. Congratulations, like that's <laughs> right. It. People who are, you know, pretending for a living get awards for themselves. Congratulations. Like, that's it. Yeah. And, and I get that critique. That's kind of, that's, that's kind of what I was saying before earlier about it's fine to, to say like, oh, it's kind of stupid to have award shows and everybody, you know, pat themselves on the back and, oh, the Academy voted for me, which is an Academy of my peers or, or something like that or other industry people. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's what the general audience would like. But at the same time, Movies and TV shows and entertainment is what we talk about. It is what we bond over in a lot of cases. So I do, I, I do think it deserves its recognition, but I understand people yeah. I, here. I am sitting on the fence. I'm taking your position, but I do understand why people criticize and look at it as, you know what? That's not something I need to be into this year. Frankly, it's I was gotten more tired for me where I'm like, I think I'm done now. I'm generally over it because I'm normally not interested in the movies that are nominated, but this year I was. In a lot of categories, and in a large part, because it started off with Best Supporting Actor, which it was a really, really strong, strong year. I mean, you had Al Pacino oh, yeah. and Joe Pesci up for The Irishman. Of course, I was rooting for Joe Pesci because I thought this could be his last movie. I mean, aside from the fact I, I just love the movie, but I thought, wow, I really hope they give it to him because sometimes that happens. They give the person yeah. the Oscar is kind of like a, a career Everybody says that about Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman. Well, it's not his best performance, but he deserved to win one because of all the good performances he has done. And so there is that. Scorsese for The Departed. Like, I love right. The Departed. It's, pers- it's personally my favorite Scorsese movie. Um, but I understand that Goodfellas is more critically acclaimed and probably should have won for that instead of The Departed. So. Oh, I agree. I mean, even The Irishman may be an unpopular opinion, but I think The Irishman's a better movie than The Departed. And I love them both. That's not a that's yeah. not a knock at the departed at all. But just no, for no, me no. personally, I would vote for that. And then it was Tom Hanks was up for a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which it's Tom Hanks, and you know, I saw the movie afterwards, and he was amazing, of course. Wow, who else was uh, Anthony Hopkins? I think it was for uh, the two popes, and yes. of course Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Who won? So it did grip grab me kind of right away where I said, okay, I do want to see who wins this award and then just kind of kept watching from there. But I don't know. And I I was happy as hell for Brad Pitt because I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I loved his performance. He was so funny in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was great in that movie. And he's been great in a lot of things and, and has been overlooked. Yeah. So I get why. But at the same time, I thought in the case of somebody like Joe Pesci, again, he's not going to be acting. Brad Pitt's going to be acting for another 30 years. I mean, that, yeah. I don't think that guy is ever going to step back and retire. I mean, no, even if he's doing supporting roles or moving on to more uh, mature movies or whatever it is. I mean, that comes with age. And obviously yeah. he's aging well, so I'm sure he'll still be a leading man for a long time. But oh, I thought yeah. he's going to have more chances, whereas someone like Joe Pesci or Pacino, not as much. Especially with Joe Pesci being uh, mostly retired. That was just my personal hope. But the thing is, people always get bent out of shape when it comes to best picture. And I really felt like the the hatred last year for Green Book winning best picture was completely overblown. And people brought back the jokes they had from 2019 after this year's Oscars 
where it was, oh, Parasite won finally. Green Book is no longer the most recent best picture. It's meanwhile nobody saw Parasite. Parasite didn't exactly, you know, set the box yeah. office on fire. No, not at all. But people did see Green Book, and yeah, I enjoyed Green Book for what it was. But it also wasn't some kind of catastrophe of a movie that won or a movie nobody saw. Green Book did make money before even oh, you know before the that, Oscar yeah. ceremony. You know, Sherry's mother grew up in Louisiana during the time of the Green Book. And she liked the movie. She didn't look at it as being blasphemy or completely undeserving of, you know, whatever. I, look, if you were rooting yeah. for Black Panther to win Best Picture, that you there was no chance that was going to happen last year. So not I don't know. People who want to get bent out of shape about that, I could barely. You and I are film fans, and I'd actually go look up the last few Best Picture winners. I couldn't really remember. And people do the same thing retroactively, like, oh, Forrest Gump is so cheesy. Forrest Gump was a huge oh, movie when it came out. Years later, people were like, oh, it's so stupid. How was that terrible? Right. I, I, I don't understand. Just because it's a fictionalized version of what happened That's in what history. That makes the movie great. <laughs> it does. To be factual. But people get pissed off that it beat out Shawshank Redemption, but Shawshank Redemption wasn't a hit movie at the time either. No, it so, wasn't. You know, it's become a classic movie because people have seen it. You know, maybe they've watched it on cable or basic cable or whatever, and... Now they love it. Hell, even DVD, they may have seen it. So it's become a beloved movie, but it wasn't at the time. So no. I, I feel like p- people who get, I'm just talking about the general audience who watches the Oscars and particularly the assholes on Twitter who want to weigh in and let you know that they disapprove of whatever one or they approve yeah. of what one that it was okay that, oh, Parasite won. Okay, good. That deserves to win because it's not, I don't know, like, you know, it's not about, uh, old white men like the Irishman or, you know, something like that. Meanwhile, yeah. again, nobody saw Parasite. People are seeing it now that it's on Hulu. But yeah, for free. Yeah, exactly. Nobody saw it then. My wife watched it. She hated it. She I, poor. We're, we're going to watch it, and we do want to see it. And, I mean, I only know one person who saw it. I talked about it with my cousin on Thanksgiving because he'd seen Parasite. And he said he recommended seeing it because he said, you know what? I thought it was okay after I saw it, but he said it really stuck with me for a couple of days after. But people are also comparing it to like the Twilight Zone. Either it's it's like a Twilight Zone episode or it's like a bad Twilight Zone episode. I don't know. Yeah. I will watch it, and I'm curious. Um, I mean, frankly, I haven't seen Snowpiercer either, and that's one I have wanted to see because same director, and I know people really like that. I've had people tell me like you should watch that. Yeah, movie I watched that for years, years ago. Corey and Ryan before I moved out of Ryan's house. What do you think? It was from what I remember. It was a pretty good movie. It wasn't the best, you know. I think it was like the greatest thing I'd ever seen. But it was like it was good. Kept me entertained for two hours or whatever it was. Yeah, we're, we're going to get around to Parasite. We just haven't yet. But uh, to round out my list, the one movie that improved with age. Okay. Which I, I had a friend who really, really in, I guess this would have been eighth grade, seventh grade. I don't remember what time of the year it came out, but it was definitely middle school for me. I had a friend who had ordered to die for with Nicole Kidman on pay-per-view and <laughs> loved it as like a 13 or 14 year old. And he said, oh, you got to see it. You like movies. You order movies all the time. You should see it. And I did. And I remember thinking, okay, that was interesting. And definitely in a few moments that made me laugh. But watching it now, and it's actually on Crackle. So I do recommend everybody checks it out. I coincidentally watched it. It was either the day before or the day after Buck Henry died. And he actually wrote the screenplay for it and has a role in it, a small role. And it's a lot funnier as a as a black comedy. And as you know, it's very dark, dark comedy. And also satirical in certain ways, especially now with the way people are on social media and everything with hungering their f- for fame and they'll do anything to get there. I found it to be way better now 
than when I saw it back then. I feel like now I get it more than I did as a 14-year-old. Yeah, that's a really good one. I found it to be wildly entertaining. And again, speaking of actors who you may not have thought of at the time, who plays the uh, object of Nicole Kidman's married character's affection, but a young Yaquin Phoenix. You didn't didn't know who he was in 1995, but now everybody knows who he is. And I didn't even really think about it until his name showed up in the credits. And I thought in the opening credits, I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. He's in this. I don't remember him being in this. And he was the kid who's in. He he plays this high school kid. Who knew? And, 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 And Casey Affleck is one of his friends. And nobody knew who Casey Affleck was. The only person I knew other than Nicole Kidman and Matt Dillon was uh, Matt Dillon's father, Dan Hedaya, who's in a hundred movies. And uh, Newman was in it <laughs> from Seinfeld. Uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word. Wayne Knight, uh, Wayne Knight is in it yeah. as well as a as manager uh, yeah. at a local TV station. Funny, we always refer to him as Newman, but his real name is Wayne Knight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, everybody knows Newman. Everybody knows the character name. They don't necessarily know the actor name, especially a character actor like that who you've seen a hundred things, but you may not, yeah, know, yeah. may not know his name offhand. But yeah, everybody watch To Die For. That's definitely what I'm going to recommend. If you have the Crackle app, definitely check it out. Or if you don't, just rent it. It's definitely worth three ninety nine and an hour and forty five minutes. Check that out. Then. That sounds good. It is. It, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, otherwise, the other five movies I named did, did not hold up at all. All movies that I saw when they were new. Which I get the hesitation. Corey said a bunch of times that he doesn't want to rewatch Masters of the Universe, the Dolph Lundgren movie, which is another yeah. one you missed as a kid, which you and I watched together. Which I think you're no, I saw that as a kid. Oh, did you? I saw oh, I it when it I was like time. five years old. It was on like W. It was on what became the WB channel for us. Uh, ah. I guess WPIX or whatever it was. But I remember watching it because I had a He-Man and a Skeletor figure from like the late eighties run. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And I loved it as a kid. So there's this little piece of like nostalgia with it that sticks with me. I know it's not a good movie, but I, I it, it sticks with me. Like, Oh, this was just, char- it has a charm to it. So, and it does. The criticism is deserved, but as a slice oh, of cool. nostalgia, it's great. But Corey has said he loved it as a kid and he just knows it won't hold up for him in the same way as an adult. He's going to oh. see the flaws in it and it's going to lose that, the the specialness it had for yeah him. and unfortunately you know what he's he's he probably be right, right but, because j- based yeah. on my experience with the stuff i just rewatched he may be very very well right yeah well the movies that i've watched the stuff that noel and i have watched together has um been stuff i've never seen before so like i've put off seeing the sound of music for as long as I've been alive because i'm like musical nope <laughs> there's no, no interest there it's but, not it's not our genre no, not at all. But we watched it on Disney Plus on, I want to say before the quarantine started. I loved it. It's just a good film. Like, it's just a beautiful movie. Like, the way it starts going through the Alps and everything. Like, oh my, this is like, this is an epic. It, it was so good. And it just, I was engaged for the three hours of the movie. And it's like, oh man, I really re- I regret not seeing it younger. It's like, no, I'm glad I had the experience of just like, oh wow, I was wrong all those years. This is a great movie. Um, we had seen, we watched a couple weird different movies. We watched Onward recently, which was good. We watched that on Disney Plus. Um, Noel's a big horror movie fan. So we did the, the $20 rental for The Invisible Man, the movie that came out right before the quarantine started. Right. Eh. Yeah. Wasn't, not, wasn't not, great. You know. Wasn't terrible. Kind of just meh. Eh, it was just kind of dull. Like there's some suspenseful parts, but most of it's just, it was just a dull movie. And there's a lot of just, it just didn't keep me like 
it, it kept me like asking some questions of like, mm, how is this? Because it just felt kind of plot holy. And I hate to use that term, but it just felt like, I don't know. It wasn't really like by the end of it, I was like, so that was the whole point of it. It, it was kind of dull. Um, I don't recommend it, but I probably would have paid the same amount going to the theater because she loves the. We love to go to the movies for any kind of excuse. So right. she probably would have picked that, and I would have seen it anyway. Oh, you so. absolutely would have gone to see that if theaters yeah. were still open. You two would have made it to see that for sure. Uh, speaking of Nicole Kidman movies, I had never seen the movie The Others from two thousand one. Oh, that's a good movie. A really good movie. I really enjoyed that. Um, There's actually talk of a, a remake that's in development of that right now. I don't understand why. That movie was so good by itself. Like, it's not a classic, but it's. What else can you do? Like, you're going to make more jump scares? Well, I, I don't think anybody was crying out for a remake of The Invisible Man either, but it's a story no. people know. So, I mean, maybe not yeah. the others so much because that was 2002. I mean, it's far enough back yeah. that I guess if you're going to remake it, that's fine. But. I, I don't know that, that it was a hit. It's something certainly people talked about at the time because it's a scary movie with a twist ending, which yeah. was a big deal following the sixth sense. Everybody wanted the twist endings. That was a good movie. The others. I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. The I haven't seen Again, it since I, it, it came on DVD. Years old and I was spoiled on it. Anything. So I was like, wow, that was good. Speaking of weird horror movies, we watched Midsummer. Oh, wow. That was pretty fucked up. Is it worth watching? Because it's really long, and that's frankly what put it, me it's off. It's long, and it keeps your attention, but it's fucked up. There might be a couple moments that are just like, Noel and I were like, kind of cringed out at a couple points. It's more uncomfortable than scary. I, I, you know, it was more like, ooh, like, there's one, there's a, actually a couple scenes that were just very much like, like, very unnerving, but you're not terrified during it. Like, the other director, Ari, the director Ari Aster, whose other film, Hereditary, was way more scary. Then Midsummer, Noel and I saw that in the theater and were creeped out. <laughs> That's one we're still waiting to watch with the two of you, and we didn't oh get. Oh my god! We yeah, didn't get there's... that one in under the wire before all this happened. We watched a couple older movies. Uh, she she's been into like older films, so we've had Turner Classic movies on just here and there. We watched this movie How to Marry a Millionaire, which was Marilyn Monroe. Oh and, yeah, uh, Lauren Bacall, and it was it, it was cheesy and schlocky, and you know, nineteen fifties, you know. Who had to marry a you know a yeah, fancy man? It's, it's of like its that. time. It's one of those. It's yeah, definitely oh, of it its totally time. is. But has it was like yeah, it was it was cute. Like we our 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 picks have been all over the place. Like I said, we watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and then we watched on Disney Plus this movie called The Black Hole that oh, came yeah. out in like 1979. It was like in the height of like when Star Wars came out. Everybody was like, <laughs> make a space picture now, and Disney made it, and it was really good. Like we really really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Uh, oh my god, I I loved. I had that. It has that like. 70s charm to it so it was it, it actually looked pretty good for its time like for a movie that was probably cranked out because they bought a script that was space like it actually turned out pretty good it was a disney movie um and you know back in the old days i remember watching like old live action disney movies and like race to witch mountain or whatever and i hated them so i thought like well this could be fun or it could be terrible and it was i enjoyed it a uh, one movie we watched that was god awful that for some reason Noelle picked, and I told her her movie picking privileges are going to be revoked for a little bit <laughs> because of this. It was this movie that came out in, I guess, 10 years ago. Is an indie film. For some reason, she saw it as a selection on Amazon and thought, this looks interesting. It's called, uh, if I get this right, Martha Maylene May, Martha Macy oh, May Maylene. Yeah, it's, it's a Woody Allen Jesus movie. Jesus Christ, what a horrible fucking movie that was. Like, it was so weird. It's like a girl who lives with, like, it's Elizabeth Olsen. I think it's her first movie. And, like, she gets 
she escapes a cult and goes to live with her sisters, played by Sarah Paulson. But then like they flash back a lot to like, the cult. And it's just so weird. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Sword- that's that's not the Woody Allen movie I'm thinking of. I apologize. No, no this no, isn't Woody this, Allen at all. No, no. This is um I forget. It's got that um it's got a lot of like indie actors you've seen before like that um John Hawks who's in like everything serious like yeah he, he was, he's the janitor in Contagion if everybody's been watching Contagion lately yeah because <laughs> we just saw him in in something too what the hell yeah. did we just watch that we saw him in they're like oh it's that guy oh American Gangster which I'd never seen which we never just saw watched. that either yeah yeah it's good it's on Netflix right now it, it was good I, it felt as long as it was to me but the performances <laughs> are great I couldn't see where it was going, so it didn't have me as interested, but I knew it was going to be worth... I'm not sorry I watched it. I realize that may not be the biggest endorsement possible, but I did think, you know what? It did move a little slowly. It felt That's like a three-hour movie. Like it wasn't like... Because you see something like Denzel Washington and uh, Russell Crowe. Oh, this is going to be an epic gangster story, and her people are like didn't like it at all for some reason. So Yeah, I I wanted to see it at the time, and it's one that I just missed and then forgot about forever. It was 2007 yeah. that movie came out. I can't believe it was that long ago. Wow. But, and Sherry was lamenting when Russell Crowe was fit and <laughs> <laughs> and younger, I guess, as part of it. Yeah. But, yeah, it just didn't, as opposed to something like, sorry to keep banging on this drum, but The Irishman, which, even though it's three and a half hours, it keeps moving. It's always going somewhere. I know it's not I'm everybody's cup of tea. I'm to watch that with you, because we've been trying to watch it, and she just has no interest. And I'm like, I'll just wait for Chris when we get together. So Yeah, we'll watch it. We'll kill an afternoon soon in the inevitable future when this happens um yeah because i love that i've been wanting to watch it again actually but I just, yeah so I, I know that's not everyone's cup of tea either well, i made her well, well we tried to watch the irishman and for some reason netflix wasn't loading it but then i tried marriage story so we ended up watching marriage story and i loved it i thought it was great um but she was she doesn't like movies like that because she'd rather be scared and watch scary movies like hereditary and you know she hates romantic movies. Anything that has to do with like romance and loss of love, she hates that shit. So she was like kind of mad at me for like watching. I'm like, we like Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, so let's watch it. So, but um, yeah, she's kind of pissed at that about that. Um, <laughs> That's one and, I haven't watched yet. That I I want to see, but I'm but not really in a hurry. Still better than the Martha Maylene bullshit. Whatever that movie was again, trash. Don't ever see it. The movie is actually called Martha Marcy May Marlene. I know it is an hour and 49 minutes of my time gone or whatever the hell time it was. It was awful. And we both looked at each other at the end. It was like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, you're not picking any movies anymore. I'm like, I can't. Like, you can't just <laughs> randomly pick shit like that. It's you, awful. You like, temporarily like, lost your privileges. So we, I correct, I course corrected that by showing her, you know what? We're going to watch a good movie now. And I showed her Midnight Run. Because yeah. I watched that, the two times I'd seen that before. I watched it with you. And it was some of the most fun I ever had watching a movie at home. So I was like, I got to introduce her, and she loved it. She absolutely, she laughed her ass off with like him on the plane, you know. That he showed, he can actually fly. It's so funny. She loved it. It's an absolutely, it's an underappreciated again. It's an underappreciated classic. It really is. It's a movie that I just impulsively bought on DVD, whenever, sometime in the early two thousands, maybe about oh four ish, maybe oh three. I I know I'd heard of it. I'd seen it. It played on like Channel Eleven when we were growing up, but I'd never seen it. But then when it was on DVD, I said, oh, you know what? Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin. Oh, and directed by the guy who did Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, I'm in. And of course, has Taggart from Beverly Hills Cop in it as well. Yeah, it, It's an awesome movie, and I just can't believe oh, more people haven't seen it. Those, like you said, underappreciated. It should be like 
in the talk of like great eighties movies. It should be in those discussions because it's that good. It's I, so fun. I agree. And to, to make up for what I said before, by the way, I'm the Woody Allen movies. I was combining two that I mistake. He did a movie called Melinda and Melinda and another one, Vicky Christina Barcelona. So I just, yeah, okay. I just had a bunch of names <laughs> and, and I thought, I thought oh. it was two. Like, and I thought like, Oh, it's just some weird Woody Allen or whatever it is. I thought it was some, some zany movie and it, it was a fucking weird ass, you know, psycho flick or whatever the hell it was it was awful so but midnight run was the capped off the night well we were both very happy with that so where are we at where we want people to watch to die for midnight run uh midsummer you're you're kind of recommending the black hole the black hole on disney plus and the sound of music if you haven't seen it which confession i haven't i know a lot about it because i just listened to julie andrew's last audiobook which Covers her Hollywood years into the 80s. That was fun. That was crazy, too. When you <laughs> just as a quick uh, side note, before Mary Poppins even came out, she had Mary Poppins and Sound of Music in the can. You imagine having both of those movies done. They haven't come out yet and they're about to come out. And, be and that's, what was, uh, that's what I was thinking, too. When I watched the movie, it was like, oh, my God, I think she just did Mary Poppins or she's about to do Mary Poppins. After. It was like, what a, what a start for her or whatever it was at that time. Yeah. It's like one of those movies, like I would say you don't, I don't like musicals, but you don't have to like musicals to like the movie. It's, it's just a good movie. It just happens to have a musical in it. Um, like there's certain movies like that where people, I think they just narrow mindedly think like, this is a thing. I'm not going to like it because it's not like the movie cats where it's just an atrocious piece of shit that, you know, it's, it's <laughs> how dare it's you like, <laughs> or any kind of musical. Like I, like anytime I hear musical, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. I don't think I could do it, but it's a good story that happens to have great music, like a great musical in it. Yeah. There's a couple of movies like that. Like um, I always say with a movie I, I want to recommend, which I have, haven't watched in a while, but I've seen a couple of times and I love it. If you're not a Star Trek fan, see the wrath of Khan. The wrath of Khan is a great movie. Even if you're not a Star Trek fan, it's just a great movie and you can love it. You don't have to see anything else. have to know anything about Star Trek. You can watch that movie and just be like, that's a great movie. You don't have to follow the entire series. You can just watch it as a single film. And I think that's similar to this. Like, you don't have to like this specific thing to, you know, it's a good movie despite what your taste is. Or better yet, watch Galaxy Quest, which is the best Star Trek movie ever made. Galaxy Quest is all right. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I've seen it once. I've seen Wrath of Khan like four or five times. Okay. Seen Wrath of Khan. Do a double feature, Wrath of Khan and Galaxy Quest. That, you know that's what? A, that's People should do that. That's a date. <laughs> yeah i haven't seen wrath of khan in forever you've seen galaxy quest in forever so maybe we should make yeah. that happen maybe we should figure out like a netflix watch party i don't even know if they're on netflix but you and i should do that at some point yeah that oh absolutely we, we, should, we should figure this out we will we're gonna have to figure it out because it's gonna be months before we're gonna sit in a room and watch a movie together uh, hope hopefully not. not yeah hopefully not but i hope not i gotta right. see uh uh, what, what were we, what was the double, oh, johnny mnemonic <laughs> yeah you gotta see john oh please do please do but yeah. don't see that without me Oh, I will. I won't watch that without you. I, it's I, I been twenty five years. I won't watch it without you. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it twi- I'm not going to suddenly wake up tomorrow. You know what? Today's the Giant Mnemonic Day. So yeah, you're in no hurry. I get it. Yeah. Oh, there's another movie actually that came out around that time that I wanted to ask you about in like 1995 or six. I remember seeing the previews for it or as a kid, but like I remember people loving it or either either loving it or not like it's called a movie called Strange Days it's got Ray Fiennes in it and Angela Oh Bassett. my god I love that movie and I, you know what's you know what's funny I don't I don't fan out with people when I've met actors or things like that I generally 
can just be, unless it's like a meet and greet and that's kind of what you're there for. But when you bump into people, particularly in everyday situations or social situations, living out in Los Angeles, I didn't want to do that to anybody. However, when I went and saw in 2014, went and saw my cousin's band, Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue at the Fonda Theater in Hollywood, I was watching the show on the side of the stage with, among other people, Angela Bassett. So we're hanging out in the green room, which was basically the whole like basement of the place. It wasn't really a room. It was an entire, it was a big ass room, (laughs) which where everybody was, you know, having drinks and just chatting. So my cousin Pete introduces my sister and I to Angela Bassett. And we were chatting about chat, you know, about the show, about the concert rather, and just general stuff like that. And then I took a moment to say of everything she's done, I did tell her, I got to say, I love Strange Days. I think it's an underappreciated sci-fi movie, especially looking at how technology has panned out. Like that seemed maybe a little crazy in the mid nineties, but ultimately turned out to be, uh, not too far off the mark when you look at where things have gone. That is a really, really good movie. And she did say that. Yeah. That was actually Catherine Bigelow who would eventually okay. win an Oscar for the Hurt Locker and her husband at the time, James Cameron, wrote it. So those are reasons Ooh. enough to see the movie, too. I would love to watch that when we get together next time. Dude, so let's that... do like a 1995 like feature. Okay, we we could do that and Johnny Mnemonic. We can do something heavy like Strange Days, <laughs> and then you can cool off with something silly like Johnny Mnemonic. That yeah. sounds like a good move. Then we wash it down with Vampire of Brooklyn, and that's the end of it. <laughs> well, we've yeah. we've learned a lot today. Yes. We've covered a whole lot of things people need to check out. And if you're listening to this at a later date, when maybe things have passed or things are being lifted, just be smart. You don't have to rush into going to a restaurant. You don't have to rush to go to a movie theater. Just be smart for the next couple of months. You know, take things as they go. Don't overcrowd things. This isn't going to be because you don't want this shit coming back. I, I don't want to do this again. So no, no way. Yeah. Just well, use your head. The, the hope is that we come out the other side of this and we're better prepared for when and if this happens next time. But yeah. unfortunately, I feel like it's more uh, when than an if. Sorry to end on such a down note, but you can follow Jack at JackWagon85 on Twitter and JacksonFigure1985 on Instagram. And you can follow me at ChrisAbalo on Twitter and ChrisSellsOut on Instagram and follow the show at CatePod on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, subscribe, give the show five stars, recommend it to a friend, and continue to enjoy because we're here for you week after week during this time. So... Until next time, for Jack DeFranco, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. We don't watch enough now. Like she ends up watching housewife shows. I watch wrestling and YouTube videos. So. I, I bet I bet Bravo's on right now while we're doing this show. Uh, yeah, of course. It's, it's some person of some you know rich family yelling at another person. All you know, the fucking time. I walk in at the worst times, and Noel cracks up every time because there's always one. Uh, the other night I was making dinner, and I think she was on the phone with Sherry watching it, and I'm going yeah. to like I was on the computer. I walked back to like flip the chicken over as I was making it in the pan. And I hear all I hear is I shave my pussy, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you watching?" Like, <laughs> and like, while I was cracking up with Sherry on the phone, like, "Oh, 
Jack always walks in at the worst times. Like the whole fucking thing is the worst time. These people are terrible. <laughs>